0: You're listening to Penny Dreadfuls from the Moth Sanctuary. This is all wrong. Eleonora stared at her husband's face, twirling her wedding ring around her finger repeatedly as she did. The bridge of his nose was a hair too wide, there wasn't enough depth to the colour of his eyes, and his black hair was lacking its glass-like shine. In a fit of rage, she snatched the portrait from the wall and tossed it, gilt frame and all, into the gaping mouth of the fireplace, where it was all but instantly engulfed. The paint hissed and cracked as it curled in on itself, resembling a monstrous Medusa where her husband's face had been just seconds ago. She released a deep growl slumped into the oversized armchair she had dragged into the centre of what was once a grand dining room, drained the brandy she had been swilling around in its goblet for the best part of an hour, and threw the glass at the wall opposite her, resulting in a firework of sparkling shards. Her dutiful daughter Anne-Marie came running into the room within seconds, armed with a broom to clear up yet another of her mother's messes. But this evening, Eleonora gave Anne-Marie a look so sharp it could have pinned her to the wall behind her she shrank from the room without question, leaving the shattered glass strewn across the floor and closed the door with a clunk behind her. It had been 18 months since Theodore's passing, or Theo Darling, as Eleonora always referred to him. He had been the love of her life, and she had always ensured that his wife was the envy of all his friends and acquaintances, with her beauty, wit, charm and utter devotion to him but she had become unrecognisable since his death. For the first weeks, she had withdrawn entirely, refusing to see anyone at all. Once she resurfaced, she had shriveled to a fraction of the voluptuous woman she once was. Her face was gaunt, her eyes dull and glassy. Her moods would swing wildly from incapacitating sorrow to incendiary rage at the slightest provocation. While she had always artfully maintained the appearance of the perfect marriage when the prying eyes of their high society peers were looking, everyone knew that their family was never as perfect as it looked. Theodore was handsome, successful, a good father, but he wasn't infallible, as they well knew. But since Theo's passing, Eleonora had become so controlling over the narrative of her life, she was lying even to her own daughter. She romanticized their life before, recounting stories of overblown gestures and uncontrollable passion. Yet with that passion came jealousy, suspicion, rage, all of which were omitted from Eleonora's version of things. Theo was a saint and she his angel, and repeating this story was all that mattered. Anyone that threatened that would not be tolerated. The small fortune Theo had set aside for her and their daughter had been eaten away to almost nothing as Eleonora tried and failed to memorialize her late husband in a portrait. With no model to sit, she had only her words to describe him and every attempt to recreate his likeness made Eleonora more and more frustrated. Even with the finest portrait painters in her employ, not one of them could capture what it was she had seen in her late husband. She would snort in derision as she hovered over them while they worked, spitting out insults whenever they dared to ask for her opinion. Incompetent. Charlatan. Often worse. Her daughter Anne-Marie had stayed steadfastly by her side since her father had died, abandoning her own husband with no indication of when she would return. But Eleonora noticed how even she could not stand to be in her presence whenever the latest painter was in the house. She recoiled every time she heard a visitor. Months passed and Eleonora was still no closer to the portrait she so fervently sought. She had exhausted all of her options. She had hired and dismissed nearly every painter she believed worth calling upon. The rest simply refused to work for her. Her daughter's avoidance had become blatant, spending extended periods of time out in the garden or up in her room where she ate alone while Eleanora drank herself to sleep each night in her armchair in front of the fire, staring at the empty wall where her husband should have been staring back at her. As she spent another evening circling around her despair like water in a drain, an unexpected knock at the door echoed through the house. It was late, and Eleanora was in no mood for entertaining. Without moving from her seat, Eleanora shrieked Anne-Marie's name, "'until she could hear footsteps moving down the hall towards the front door. "'A blast of cold air stung her face like a slap "'as her daughter opened the door "'and showed their uninvited caller into the house. "'Mother,' she said dryly, "'the painter is here for your session.' "'I called for no painter. Dismiss him,' Eleonora barked back, "'without even turning to look and see who it was. "'Madam, a moment of your time.' A third voice called into the firelit gloom. I promise you, I can achieve what it is you seek. Eleanor rose from her seat and spun towards the door in one sharp motion. What on earth makes you think you can achieve what even the finest painters in the country cannot? She moved towards the painter, stepping slowly, one foot in front of the other. None of them could capture his perfection, and you think you can do better Who even are you, coming to my home in the dead of night? Eleonora tilted her head to one side, white-hot fury burning in her eyes, her top lip twitching like an animal, exposing her tightly gritted teeth. Allow me to try, the voice said. So softly, it was almost inaudible, their face still obscured by the darkness of the room. If you are not completely satisfied with my work, there shall be nothing to pay, Not even for the materials. I will simply leave you with your portrait, and I shall never darken your doorway again. Eleonora released the tightness in her jaw, and the skin of her face sagged, as though her outburst had sapped the very last of her energy. She dragged herself back to the chair and slumped into it. Fine, she relented after a moment's pause. But you begin now, immediately. Set your things in here, take whatever candles you need. Anne-Marie made her excuses and left. The mysterious painter assembled a box easel, tore the wrapping of brown paper from a huge canvas, and lit a semicircle of candles around her. She mixed bone meal with turpentine in a jar, brushed the canvas with a wash of white, and began asking Eleonora questions about her late husband. Although Eleonora knew that none of the questions she was being asked were relevant to her husband's looks, his height, his stature... She was so resigned to the fact that no painter would ever be able to capture his likeness that she began answering them unreservedly for the first time since he had died. The more candidly she spoke, the more her responses flowed. She couldn't control herself. The mask she had covered him in melted away as she brought her husband, her real husband, back to life. She had been speaking for hours, dredging up stories from years and years ago to the point of complete exhaustion. When she woke, the room was silent, the fire in front of her was long dead. Grey light streamed in from the windows, and she had no idea what time it was, only that her body felt like it had been dragged from its own grave. She felt heavy, dazed, and deathly cold. She heaved herself from the armchair and went to leave the room, screaming out and clutching at her chest as she turned to see the painter standing in the doorway, perfectly still, staring straight at her. "'Good God, what are you still doing here?' she shouted. "'I did not want to disturb you, madam, but now that you're awake, you must leave me to work, alone.' "'Preposterous,' Eleonora retorted. "'I'll have nothing of the sort. You shan't dictate to me where I can and can't go in my home.' "'Madam, I must insist. If you truly want me to capture who your husband was, who he really was,' You cannot set eyes upon this canvas until it is done. You must leave me to work. Eleonora eyed the mysterious painter, who she could see now in the stark daylight was a woman. Although she had spent her life basking in the gilt glow of her husband's status, she could not help but feel some admiration for this strange woman, who clearly wanted to make a name of her own. If she could capture her darling Theo the way she promised, she would be well deserving of the reputation that would surely follow her. So Eleonora nodded to the painter and pulled the door closed behind her as she left. The weeks that followed brought Eleonora to a bubbling frenzy. She paced the floor outside the dining room every day, pressing her ear against the door as though straining to hear the brush strokes. Her appetite returned. She ate well for the first time in well over a year, and her relationship with Anne-Marie seemed to improve as they began to dine, walk the grounds, and enjoy a nightcap together each evening, both women waiting, hoping for the moment the portrait would be revealed to them. Though the painter remained in the house for the best part of three months, neither Eleonora nor her daughter saw or heard anything of her. It was as though she hadn't left the dining room though both of them were sure she must have been slipping out during the night after they had both retired to their rooms. How else could she have been eating or relieving herself? The moment finally arrived late one evening, as Eleonora and Anne-Marie were returning from a walk in the garden after dinner. The painter hovered like a ghost in the doorway as they came in from the fading light, and frightened both of them half to death. It is done, is all she said. Without a word, Eleonora and Anne-Marie looked into each other's eyes and gestured for the painter to show them to the dining room. The portrait of Theodore sat in the centre of the room. His hair shone like polished ebony. His aquiline nose and square jaw gave him the look of a Roman emperor. But his gaze was soft, and there was the slightest hint of a smile in his eyes, as though he was looking at something that pleased him. Even his skin looked warmed from the fire. Every detail of him was exactly as Eleonora remembered, down to the tiny scar on his left cheekbone, the sinew in his neck, and the hairs on the back of his hands. The kind of details only she would have noticed. But before she could question how this mysterious painter could possibly have captured Theodore's likeness so completely, Anne-Marie burst into tears, collapsing into her mother's arms and sobbing. Eleonora held her up as best she could and stroked her hair, all the while keeping her gaze fixed on the portrait. There was no denying it. This unknown woman truly had brought her husband back home to her. She took Anne-Marie by the shoulders and stood her up straight, wiped her face with a handkerchief, like she used to when she was a young child, then instructed her to spend the rest of the night writing out invitations to every colleague, acquaintance and person of note she could think of requiring their presence at the house the next afternoon to celebrate the long-awaited completion of Theodore's portrait. As Anne-Marie sped out of the room, Eleonora went to thank the painter and agree her fee, but the woman was nowhere to be found. Her, her equipment, everything was gone. There wasn't even a trace of charcoal or paint on the floor where she'd been working. Nothing. Eleonora didn't even know her name. But her perplexity was short-lived as the portrait had her completely captivated the second she lay eyes on it again. She stared at it adoringly, her beloved Theodore staring back at her. But much as it pained her to let him out of her sight for even a moment, she ultimately decided that she should cover the portrait with a dust sheet, so she could savour its big reveal, basking in its full glory with all her friends, family and associates looking on. She carefully threw the large cotton sheet which was protecting the dining table, over the frame, turned off the lights and marched straight to her room. She needed a full night's rest to be in her best shape for the following evening. By the time she awoke, the house was already awash with people. Staff had been called in, a refreshment room was being prepared with caterers bringing in platters of sandwiches, cakes and bowls of gleaming dried fruit. Her finest china had been retrieved from storage, polished and laid out on the table, and Anne Marie was barking orders to ensure everything was just so. For the first time in over a year, Eleonora felt like herself. Pride swelled up in her like a tide, and it took every ounce of her self-control not to burst into tears in front of everyone. Anne Marie gave her mother a reassuring nod that everything was in hand, so she retreated to her bedchamber to dress for her soiree. Eleanora sifted through her vast wardrobe, running her fingers over gowns of deepest garnet, liquid gold and alabaster white, all gifts from Theo. But she was a widow after all, so black was the only option. She chose a spectacular gown of the most delicate lace with matching gloves and dressed her silvering hair with fresh violets picked from the garden that morning. There was an audible gasp from her gathered guests as she descended the stairs. It reminded her of her wedding day, when she was breathtaking and happy. She glided through the room, making sure to personally welcome all of her important guests, Theo's friends and business associates. But even her utmost decorum could not hide the feverish energy of all her interactions. She was simply desperate to reveal the painting. After what felt like an agonizing hour of pleasantries, Eleonora finally took center stage Once she had the room, she flung open the double doors of the dining room and led her audience in. She marched to the middle of the room, took her place next to Theo, and yanked the dust sheet from the frame so enthusiastically she almost lost her footing. She threw the fabric, letting it fall to the floor in a dramatic cascade, and held her breath for the reaction of her waiting audience. But the chorus of gasps she heard were not of adoration, but of shock, revulsion, even fear. She scanned the faces in front of her with wide eyes. She was about to unleash a tirade of abuse upon them, wild as a dog, until she saw Anne-Marie's face wearing that same horrified expression. The night before, her daughter had been moved to tears at the sight of the portrait. Everything about him was perfect, even down to the most minute of details that only those closest to him could possibly have noticed. So when Eleonora looked at the painting, she was aghast at what she saw. Her husband's perfect face was distorted into an expression of sheer terror. His dark eyes slick with tears, surrounded by a vignette of darkness. It was as though he was reaching out of the portrait, trying to tear through the very canvas. Well, Eleonora, this is an exceedingly poor taste, Theo's business partner announced to the room. Several nodded. The rest merely looked on at the portrait agape. You think I did this, she sneered. You saw it last night, Anne-Marie. Tell them. Tell them! Anne-Marie's lower lip trembled, and her face collapsed into a bitter sob, as though she had somehow known all along that it was too good to be true. Trying to hold on to what is lost will only bring pain, Eleonora, to you and her. Her friend's well-meaning advice was not invited or appreciated, and her anger erupted. Get out! Get out! she commanded. You don't deserve to look upon my husband's face, none of you. He was perfect. He is perfect. You're all just too stupid to see it. Get out! Get out! The gathered crowd turned their backs on her, scuffling out of the room in a bluster of shock and disdain leaving Eleonora and Theodore alone for the first time since he had passed. She looked up at her husband's face, at his bereft expression, his reaching hands. "'What happened to you, Theo, darling? Are you not happy to be home?' she asked, before berating herself for talking to an inanimate object. But she could not shake this feeling that he was listening. His eyes seemed to glisten as though with fresh tears, and she feared she was losing her mind." She touched her fingertips to where Theo's hands were outstretched, and immediately pulled back her hand, feeling that it was wet. Red paint stained her fingers from where his bloody hands had scratched at the canvas. Her head swam, and she had to grab the sides of the frame to steady herself. It can't be. It's impossible, she said aloud, hot, salty tears streaking down her cheeks. You have to destroy it. Eleonora turned her head sharply, to see Anne-Marie in the doorway. Fists clenched at her sides, with a look of fury on her face. It's hideous. Cursed. You can see the misery on his face. Mother, please, you have to get rid of it. I can hardly bear to look. It, she spat. It! Eleonora span around, lunged towards her now cowering daughter, and slapped her with such force it took her a moment to regain her balance. How dare you! She shrieked. How dare you insult my husband, your father, that way? He is perfect. The portrait is perfect. We are perfect. What is wrong with you? Do you not want us to be reunited? Don't you want me to be happy again? Answer me! Anne-Marie clenched her jaw, holding back tears, but said nothing. She turned away from her mother and went towards the front door. Eleanora wailed after her, an awful bestial sound, but Anne Marie slammed the door behind her. Eleonora did not follow her daughter to see where she was heading or whether she was coming back. She didn't care. She took her seat in front of the portrait and poured herself a brandy. So it's just you and I now, Theo, darling. Just as we were meant to be, reunited in our perfect partnership she said aloud to the painting. "'You have nothing to fear now. I'm here. We're here. Together.' Her stare burned into the paint. She willed his face to move, to twitch, anything. But the painting stayed the same. Theodore's expression was as wretched as ever. "'You're as bad as they are, aren't you?' she snarled as she rose from the chair. "'What did you think?' That you could just leave me here all by myself. That your money would be enough. Is that what you thought? Well, you're wrong, Theodore. It will never be enough. Only you could ever be enough for me. And here you are, exactly where you belong, returned to me. And I will never, ever let you get away from me again. Eleonora cackled, flames dancing in her eyes as they reflected the fire blazing in the hearth. And Theodore watched, silently, as his wife slipped away from him once more. It's been uninhabited for a lifetime, the primly-dressed housekeeper explained. When the previous owner died, her daughter employed me and my husband to take care of the place. Keep it clean, stop the plaster crumbling off the walls and such like. She never did move back in after her parents died, but it's a stunning property, I assure you. I'm quite certain you'll agree when you see it all, she continued, only realising as she turned around that the couple following her had stopped in their tracks at the open doorway of the dining room. The huge portrait in its gilt frame dominated the room, resting on an easel with a single armchair positioned directly in front of it. Parts of the canvas were stretched and torn, as though something had clawed at it. The man in the portrait looked bereft, staring out into the room as though perpetually searching for something he was doomed never to find. His hands lay in his lap, streaked with what looked like old blood. "'I see you've made Theodore's acquaintance,' said the housekeeper." This story was written and read by Chloe Gorman, with music by Andrew Bate. Penny Dreadfuls from the Moth Sanctuary is an audiobook series by Moth Sanctuary Productions. You can subscribe to the series on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and YouTube. Follow Moth Sanctuary Productions on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or for more dark delights, visit mothsanctuaryproductions.com.